Entree Story, Episode 4. A lot of entrepreneurs get so caught up in how their product works. And typically, people don't really care how products work. They care about the end benefit. What does this mean to me? Welcome to Entree Story, the podcast where entrepreneurs and business gurus share personal startup stories, along with insight and wisdom you can apply to your dreams and ambitions. Now, here's your host, entrepreneur, communications coach, and author, Jeff Whitaker. And welcome to Entree Story. I'm your host and chief storyteller, Jeff Whitaker, and uh, it's good to have you with us once again. I know it's been a while since we've produced one of these uh, podcasts, and the reason uh, chiefly being that we We've been working a lot on a teleseminar that we're going to be offering very soon. It's coming up in the next week or so, and it is uh, called The Power of the Story. And the whole idea is to help entrepreneurs, help business people and individuals tell better stories and then effectively communicate their message so that they can uh, increase their power, their influence, their uh, their income, and, and just grow their businesses. So we're excited about that. We'll tell you more about how you can find out more information and how you can participate a little bit later in this podcast. But first, my guest uh, this uh, half hour is Frank Petruca. He is the author of the book Super Communicator, Explaining the Complicated so anyone can understand. And uh, Frank should know he is someone who is a consultant, trainer, speaker. He helps people communicate more effectively and, and helps people tell better stories. So we're excited to have him with us today. And without any further ado, let's get to our interview with Frank Petruca. Frank, thanks very much for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Well, thank you, Jeff. Glad to be here. We start off all of our interviews by asking our guests to tell us their personal story because we believe there's so much power in story. So what is your story? How did you get to to be the president of Definitive Communications and, and what roads led you there? Well, basically, I spent a lot of time trying to figure out what I wanted to do. I was very confused in college, uh, started out as a fine arts major, then moved to hotel administration before winding up in liberal arts. And at that point, I still wasn't sure you know, what direction I wanted to go in. I just knew that I had good communication skills, and I should do something with that. Uh, so I, I took several different jobs in the communication field. Um, and then uh, one job was with the Institute for International Research in New York, and uh, they heard me speaking Spanish one day, and they were opening an office in Santiago, Chile, and they asked me if I would go uh, to Chile to help them produce conferences. Uh, so I got to Chile, and um, I was tasked, uh, you know, a couple of hours after arriving, uh, to produce a conference on uh, telecommunications. So here I was interviewing executives at telecommunication companies in, in Chile, talking to them in Spanish, uh, trying to understand uh, the technologies that they were talking about. And that was quite a challenge for me. Uh, to figure out how to take what this very technical content that they were giving me and to try to figure out how to make sense of it and explain it to others. So that was really the start of uh, what really is my professional career. Uh, just somehow I have the ability to work with technically minded folks and to take what they're saying and turn it into something that the rest of us can understand. 
You know, it's interesting you say that because my background is in broadcasting, and and I've always said that with a, a journalist of any kind, uh, the, the skill you have to possess is you have to be able to become an instant expert almost on anything. You, you get called out to the scene uh, of... Um, of a major story of some kind, or you go to a conference and you have to then uh, go back and, and within a minute and a half kind of condense everything for lay people to understand what it was you witnessed. And that's not always easy, is it? No, it's not. Um, and it's good to learn that skill early in life. Uh, while I was in college, the one thing that I did that was professionally oriented uh, was I was a newscaster at, uh, at a radio station. Uh, it's a very competitive college radio station. And um, there I had to learn how to, to do the news. And that meant waking up at four in the morning to do a morning drive and going in and trying to make sense of anything that came off the wire or any local stories and how to package that into a short, brief story. Uh, so that was a really good experience for me. And then that just kept going. And throughout my professional career, I just have always been in situations where I needed to distill ideas. I can remember on a number of occasions saying to reporters as I was training them when I was a news director, uh, I would read through a script and I would say, I, I don't understand what I'm reading. And they would say, I don't understand it either. And I said, well, if you don't understand it and you wrote the story, how do you expect people sitting at home to understand it? But they didn't. And you know what the thing is? And it, and it happens as I train talk show hosts, too, and I train people that are, that are doing podcasts and, and, and help them to ask the right questions. I tell them, you know, if, if you have a question in your mind, chances are your listener has that same question and it's not going to, but they're afraid that they're going to look dumb. They're afraid they're going to look exactly. stupid by not asking the question. Yeah. And I tell them, it, if the person at home is thinking, gee, I wish they would just ask X, Y, Z, whatever, they're going to feel much more at ease and much more comfortable with you as the communicator if you're willing to ask that question as well. I have a great example for you, Jeff. Uh, when I started writing Super Communicator, I uh, uh, announced to my friends at the coffee shop that I was going to write this book on how to explain complicated topics. And one of my smart aleck friends says to me, I hope you're going to explain that Higgs boson thing. <laughs> Now, if you remember back uh, 2011 or so, uh, we were getting very close to the discovery of this particle in the world of physics. And there were a lot of newspaper articles and all sorts of information about how important this huge discovery was going to be. And, you know, the newspapers told us it's a big thing and we should be excited about it. And then they said, well, it completes the standard model of physics and that's why it's important. But they never really explained to anybody what it was. So I went back, I took two days off and I did nothing but read up and watched videos on the Higgs boson. What does it mean? Why should I care? I'm a fairly educated person. Why don't I understand any of these stories that I'm reading in the papers? And so it, it was a fascinating discovery because I realized how many reporters and writers were just dancing around the issue and probably didn't understand it themselves. Uh, when you, because of where your business went, was it that time when you were, when you were uh, trying to communicate um, and, and learn these concepts uh, in, in Spanish? Is that the when the light bulb went off? Is that when you said to yourself, this is what I can specialize in? This, this is where I need to be? 
It was more of a process than that. That was really the first time that I noticed that I had those skills. And then it just kept continuing to grow. Um, I, I came back to the States, and uh, then I was here during the uh, dot-com boom at around the turn of the century. And uh, I was working for a public relations firm, and I was really the only person there who could talk to our clients, who were mostly engineers, and figure out what it is that they were trying to sell. So then again, you know, I realized that I had this skill. Uh, but it wasn't until I was working at NASA uh, and uh, I was brought there by uh, the CIO of uh, the Ames Research Center. Uh, they were working on some really cool projects like uh, cloud computing and cybersecurity. Now, this is before anybody knew what cloud computing was. And my job was to help explain it to people at headquarters and people here at Congress uh, what cloud computing was and why it was essential to uh, the space agency's future. And so there I was working with a lot of engineers and they just couldn't explain anything in an easy to understand manner. And that's really, really hit me that I have a skill and that's when I decided to write the book. Well, as you said, you are the author of the book, Super Communicator, explaining the complicated so anyone can understand. So for the entrepreneur, the small business person listening right now, we 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 try to drill into the minds of these entrepreneurs that that they need to have they need to have stories that they can tell. They need to be able to communicate who they are because they have a passion for something. Obviously, or else they wouldn't get into it. They wouldn't pursue it if it wasn't something they weren't passionate about. But just because they're passionate about it doesn't mean other people are going to automatically come alongside of them and be passionate with them as well. They have to learn how to explain it. So how do they, what's the first step in taking something that's complicated, something that maybe you grew up with, something you've understood for years as an entrepreneur, as a business person, and explain that in down-to-earth terms for somebody who, uh, who they're trying to communicate with, whether it be uh, to get them to purchase a product or to, or to purchase a service or to do business with them? Well, you can look at that on a couple of different uh, way at a couple of different ways. Uh, one of which is we tend to like to use big words. We like to use long sentences. We like to use jargon. Uh, there are a lot of things that we can do to simplify our message just by changing our the way we communicate. Uh, so we can look into things like you know just don't use acronyms, uh, don't use industry jargon. Those are some great places to start that are pretty easy to fix. Then it's a question of, well, as you mentioned, passion, about how to capture somebody's attention. Uh, people only pay attention to things that they consider important. So if you're pitching a new product, uh, you need to, and you're passionate about it, that's great, but you need to find out where your audience's passion lies. And hopefully your passion will meet up with their passion. Uh, so, you know, try to learn as much as you can about them. What is really going to excite them about your product? Look for that and focus on the benefits. A lot of technical people and a lot of entrepreneurs get so caught up in how their product works. And typically, people don't really care how products work. They care about the end benefit. Mm. What does this mean to me? So paint pictures for them. Sell them the benefits. Don't focus on, well, this is all exciting because this is how it works and nobody thought of how to do this before me and I'm great. 
Focus on, well, this is how it relates to you, and this is how it's going to make your life easier. Um, there are several good examples that I have um, where people have uh, used good analogies, for example. Uh, one story that I, I just randomly uh, popped into my brain is uh, um, I worked with a uh, colleague out of Wilmington, Delaware, uh, named David Penzak. And uh, David is probably not a household name. Uh, you probably don't recognize the name, but he is the person who uh, first introduced uh, the commercially successful Internet firewall. And he was working, he was tinkering on creating a firewall in his garage while he was working full-time for the DuPont Corporation. And he felt that he had a firewall that worked, but nobody understood what a firewall was or why they needed one back in the early days of the Internet before we realized the threats uh, that uh, could come to our computers. Uh, so he went to deliver a pitch to uh, what would ultimately wind up being the first company that he sold the first internet firewall to. And he knew that these guys were um, Star Trek uh, enthusiasts. And so what he did was he created this brilliant analogy uh, where he talks about beaming up in the Star Trek series, that whole act of beaming up. You know, sometimes... You know, in most cases, uh, the people got beamed up successfully to the ship. And at other times, you know, there were some problems and people didn't quite make it. And, you know, what if, you know, an alien ship was, you know, trying to uh, steal the people that were in limbo? Uh, so how does this all work? So then he basically created an analogy that compares the Internet firewall and how it prevents bad information from getting in or getting out. And, you know, basically did that comparison with Star Trek. And from that, the people really got it, grabbed onto it, and they signed on the dotted line. So this then reinforces your point that you made earlier that you need to know who your customer is, don't you? Yes, exactly. Um, one of my favorite interviews was with uh, Dr. Anthony Fauci, who is of the National Institute of uh, Allergies and Infectious Disease. He's probably the most quoted scientist in the world. And uh, he, when I interviewed him, uh, he spoke to me and in this, you know, uh, voice, which was, you know, like, God coming down and explaining to me, he said, know thy audience, in a kind of a James Earl Jones <laughs> voice. And it, it was really funny because that is really uh, uh, the most critical thing that uh, communicators need to do. They need to know who they're talking to and what information uh, they want, and they need to figure out how to get them passionate or at least involved in the topic. So David Penzak basically knew that these guys liked Star Trek and you know, basically capitalized on that. So he did his homework. So as you're, as you're starting out in business, as you're an entrepreneur with a dream, uh, what would you suggest entrepreneurs or small business people do to, to find out who their audience is? Well, in the internet era, it's a lot easier than it had been, you know, uh, 15, 20 years ago. Uh, we can go online and we can Google people. We can look at their profiles on LinkedIn. We can find them on Facebook. And there it's a lot easier to find out what makes them tick. And, you know, just knowing a little bit about them uh, can really make a difference. We're going to continue our interview with Frank Petruca in just a couple of minutes, but I told you I would give you more information on our upcoming teleseminar called The Power of the Story. 
It's subtitled Breathing Life into Your Brand. And if ever there was a time to breathe life into brands, it's now with so much competition out there and with the the dollars shrinking that are available, you have to stand out from your competition, whether it be your business, your organization, or even you as a personal brand out there looking to advance your career. Well, in the power of the story, we cover some, some great takeaways, some great information that can help you grow your brand and grow your business and, and just distinguish you from, um, from the rest of your competition. We'll help you master the secret of discovering your unique story. You'll learn how to use that story to, to leverage it to enlist investors and supporters and also to, to gain loyal customers and clients as well. You'll discover how to apply the concept of story across your entire enterprise. That's including marketing, advertising, media exposure. And we're going to conduct this teleseminar over the course of three weeks. It all gets underway Thursday, June 4th at 7 p.m. Eastern. Now, I want to give you a web address to go to to find out more information about this. It's going to be a three-week course, and it will take place, uh, uh, as I said, uh, beginning on June 4th, and it's going to run between an hour and an hour and a half each evening. Now, we're also going to record the sessions as well, and you'll get a personal copy of that, and there's some other takeaways um, uh, for you as well. So it's called The Power of the Story, Breathing Life into Your Brand. Simply go to jeffwhitaker.com slash power. Now, there are some incentives for signing up early, so make sure you check that out now. Again, it's jeffwhitaker.com slash power. I hope you'll check it out. It will definitely be worth your time, worth your investment. What's the best advice you were ever given in your career? That's a tough one because I think I've been given a lot more bad advice and I've been given good advice. Uh, So, um, you know, I, I hate to be cliche, but I definitely believe in the passion thing and doing what really excites you. Um, you know, it just amazes me when I see people who, you know, have these really uninteresting jobs that make, you know, and they make tons of money and somehow they can just go out and do it. Uh, that's not me. Um, I really need to follow what I believe in. And I know that, you know, I'm born to be a communicator and that's what I'm going to do. So, you know, it has to be, you know, follow your passion, even though I'm sure that everybody else in your podcast probably tells you the same thing. Well, we get different versions of that, but but yeah, I mean, it's it is important, I think, to follow what you uh, what you love to do. But a lot of times, um, and I think this is where you come in with with your advice from Super Communicator. You can have a passion, but if you don't know how to communicate that passion, and you can be really good at it. Um, you're going to fall short. And, and that's where a lot of people, I think, they, they're so excited about what it is they do. They just don't know how that can relate to, to someone else and find someone who can take advantage exactly. of what it is they're good at. Yes, at NASA, um, I was working with you know Silicon Valley's best engineers, and I was writing a blog for them. And I would, you know, talk to the engineers and, and, you know, if I tried an open-ended question like, what exciting things are you working on? What they found exciting was completely exciting to them, but completely of disinterest to me. And they were excited because they were able to make things work in a way that nobody else had ever seen that. So that was exciting. But, you know, to me, what would be exciting is, well, how can this new application save time or save money? And so, yeah, it is about finding passion. 
Do you believe you can be helped by um, by by surveying some people, uh, your audience, or or maybe going to a group of friends or trusted colleagues and and say to them, you know, what pushes your buttons? What is it? Because a lot of times, I think what we think we're good at, or what we think um, our, our best use of time or best use of our energy is, is not necessarily what other people see. Yes, exactly. Um, and I do recommend that in the book. And I think that is you know, the stage after doing some online research for your audience. If you have the opportunity to uh, talk to people, to uh, do an informal interview, that is extremely important because so many of us think we understand our market and we really don't. And you know, just by asking, you know, uh, if you ask 30 or 40 people, um, uh, questions about if they like something or what would be beneficial to them from this product. Um, chances are, if you hit 30 or 40 people, you're going to get enough information that is really going to make a critical difference. Uh, obviously, as uh, you progress and you become more of a uh, corporation, uh, there are all sorts of surveys and market research firms to help you along the way. Uh, there really are some good uh, down and dirty um, techniques that entrepreneurs can use. Uh, also, I haven't done much with SurveyMonkey, uh, but I know of a lot of entrepreneurs who have really benefited uh, by working with a, a service like that. Well, Frank, we thank you very much for joining us. Appreciate your time. And if people want to get in contact with you or find out more information about some of your products or services and, and dig a little bit deeper, what would you suggest they do? Well, you can visit my website at www.supercommunicator.com. That's one word, supercommunicator.com. Uh, or you can shoot me an email at info at supercommunicator.com. Or if you're on Facebook, you could just uh, uh, plug in supercommunicator. Thanks very much for being with us today. We appreciate it, Frank. Well, again, we want to thank Frank Petruca for being our guest today. If you want more information on Frank, go to supercommunicator.com. We also want to invite you to head over to jeffwhitaker.com slash power to find out more information about our teleseminar, The Power of the Story. I know once you hear more about it and once you uh, see what it's all about, you're going to want to participate. You're going to want to be able to tell your story more effectively and get the tools and techniques that can help you be a better communicator and communicate your message, grow your business, and increase your influence. That's jeffwhitaker.com slash power. Spread the word for us on social media. Uh, tell us, uh, tell others about us uh, through Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, however you, uh, you're out there on social media, Google Plus. Uh, let others know that we are here. We really appreciate it. And uh, also, subscribe to us to iTunes and give us a, a thumbs up and also give us a, a recommendation. That really, really helps us spread the word. Thanks for listening to Entree Story. Be sure to review and rate us on iTunes. Visit jeffwhitaker.com to follow Jeff's blog and find more resources. Entree Story is a production of the Jeff Whitaker Company and your Story Academy.